We learned in the previous Mishnah that if a kesem, a bloodstain, is found on a woman's dress or item of clothing in a position that indicates that it could have come from her uterus and that it is nidoblad, Midrabonon, the woman would be considered tome based on that kesem, based on that bloodstain. Now, as well as the woman being tome, the dress, the item of clothing, is also considered to be tome because we are presuming that the blood is nido blood. Now, before one is able to purify the dress or the item of clothing in a mikveh by putting it into a collection of natural water, the previous Mishnah taught that first he needs to rub seven different cleaning substances on the bloodstain in order to try and get rid of it, because otherwise it's like submerging something in the mikveh while it's still touching the source of the impurity. That bloodstain is the blood of a nidor, which is a source of impurity itself, so it's not going to help to just submerge it into a mikveh. First, we need to try and get rid of, or at least cause the bloodstain to become faded in a way that it is considered to be too insignificant to be a source of impurity. Now, the previous minister taught that there are seven different substances that need to be rubbed on the bloodstain, and this Mishnah goes into further detail. Ezel wrote Tofel, what is the first substance that was listed in the previous Mishnah? Literally, plain, raw saliva. What does that mean? It means that it has to have come from somebody who hasn't tasted anything that day or the previous night since his meal that he has at night. So after his regular dinner, it must be that he didn't taste anything that night, and the next morning, for up to three hours of the day time, that is considered to be saliva that is fit for cleaning the bloodstain. The Gemara adds that it must be that the person didn't speak at all since he woke up, because that would damage the ability of the saliva to be a proper cleaning agent. But either way, that is the first of the seven substances. Now, the second one that was mentioned in the previous Mishnah was Megurisin, which literally means water that contains crushed beans. This refers to the liquid that is produced, Leisas Gurisin shall pearl, when one chews and bites the beans that have been split in half, Chalukas Nefesh. They were separated from their peels by themselves, they detached naturally. And the liquid that is produced as he chews on them, that is the second substance that needs to be passed and rubbed onto the bloodstain in order to clean it. Meiraglayim, urine, Shech Mitsu. The Mishnah adds that it must have been left for a while. The Gemara explains that it has to be at least three days old. Its ability to clean improves over time. And the Mishnah now explains that one needs to rub it on the item of clothing, on the bloodstain, three times with each of the seven substances. And he needs to do it in the order that was listed in the previous Mishnah. So first he would rub three times with the saliva, and then he would go on to that liquid which is produced when he chews the beans. He would do each of them three times before moving on to the next one. And the Mishnah says that if he rubbed them on the bloodstain in the wrong order, or he rubbed them all at the same time, he hasn't done anything, which means that even if it didn't cause the bloodstain to be removed or to be faded, that in general, if he does this properly, so that would be a proof that it's not a bloodstain, it must be something else, and the item of clothing would be pure. But if he did it in the wrong way, then it wouldn't be a proof, and it also wouldn't be a sufficient 
way of making it fit to be purified in a mikvah, and he would need to go again and apply the cleaning substances in the correct order, and only then would he be able to purify that item of clothing in a mikvah. Mishnah this Mishnah begins by repeating a sentence that was mentioned in the very first Mishnah of this Masechta, any woman who has something fixed that she experiences, or a fixed time for her becoming a Nidho, it is sufficient that from the time that blood exits her womb and that she sees it, from that moment onwards she is Tomei. In general, we are concerned when a woman finds blood on her on the surface of her skin, she finds that she's a nidah. There is a concern that possibly the blood actually exited her womb earlier on, but she only discovered it and only exited her body later on. But she was Tommy as soon as it exited her womb inside her body. However, if there is something fixed and she can predict when she's going to become a nidah, and indeed, that is when she becomes a Nidor. There is no need for her to be concerned that possibly she became a Nidor earlier on, before that, because there's no reason to assume that something irregular happened. Now, the truth is, as will become immediately apparent in the Mishnah, over here the Mishnah is not referring to a fixed time each month. The most common Veses is that she sees on the same day of every month she becomes a Nidor. Over here the Mishnah is referring to certain symptoms certain things that she experiences when she becomes a nidah, and if indeed she experiences that, and then she sees blood which has come out of her body, there is no need for her to worry that perhaps she became a nidah earlier on, because for her that's very irregular. She always experiences these symptoms as she becomes a nidah, so she can definitely assume that indeed, like every time, she became a nidah as the symptoms began, and she need not be concerned about having been a nidah earlier on than she discovered. The the following are examples of various symptoms that can be fixed. She always experiences this together with her the start of her nido period, mefahekes. If she yawns, umateshes, or sneezes, and we're not referring to just a regular yawn or sneeze, we're referring to continuous yawning or sneezing, something which is not so regular, or if she has stomach pains, or pains in the bottom of her womb, or if she bleeds in the area of her womb, and this could even be referring to blood that comes out of her womb, but it's the wrong colour, it's not a type of blood that would make her into a nidah, but this woman always experiences a flow of blood that is a different colour, it's not nidder blood, she always experiences that right before the nidder blood comes out of her womb. Or if she shivers and trembles, or other similar symptoms that might be common for a woman when she becomes a nidder. Any woman who fixes this three times, that means that she experiences it three times in a row, three consecutive times that she becomes a nidor, she experiences this together with her starting to be a nidor. Harizo Vesses, this would establish for her a Vesses, that means that the next time she discovers herself as a nidor, together with having these symptoms, she need not be concerned that she was a nidor any earlier on than she discovered. The point is, she is able to use this Vesses to understand and as an indication for when she became a nidor. Mishnah Tess, if she had a habit of seeing blood, that means that blood exited her womb, of becoming a nidor at the beginning of these symptoms. So if we take an example of continuous yawning, 
if she generally becomes a nidor and blood exits her womb at the beginning of her continuous yawning, and then the yawning continues for another few minutes, anything that needs to be kept pure that she touched during the continuation of these symptoms, they would be considered tomei, because the presumption is that she became a nidor at the beginning of her yawning, because that's what generally occurs. That is what her veses dictates. But so have a size, however, if she generally becomes a nidder, and according to her veses, what has become fixed at least three times is that blood exits her womb and she becomes a nidder at the end of the symptoms when she stops yawning, and that is sort of a prelude to her becoming a nidder, then Anything that she touched whilst yawning, whilst experiencing those symptoms that needs to be kept pure, indeed we would consider that to still be pure because we assume that she only became a nidor at the end. So that which she touched during the symptoms that she was experiencing, we assume that occurred before she became a nidor and that she only became a nidor and blood exited her uterus only at the end, after having touched those items. Now, like we mentioned, a more common vesses is a time, a fixed time, a fixed date of each month, that a woman becomes a nidar. Now, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Rabbi Yossi says, Af yomim Even days and hours can be considered a vesses. If a woman, for example, always becomes a nidor at a particular hour of the day, not just on a particular date, but a particular hour, a particular time of the day, then that can also give us an indication, and we are able to assume that she wasn't a nidor for the rest of the day until that regular hour that she becomes a nidor. For example, if she had a habit of seeing blood, that means experiencing blood coming out of her womb and becoming a nidor, right before Neitzachamo, right before sunrise, she always becomes a nidor at that point specifically. According to Rabbi she would only be considered forbidden, she would be forbidden to have relations with her husband at that time, just before sunrise. But a short while before that, during the night time, she would be permitted to have relations with her husband. And likewise, if that time passed and she didn't become a nidor, blood didn't come out of her uterus, once that time has passed, she is once again permitted to have relations with her husband because she need not be concerned at all that she'll be a nidor at any other time other than her veses. On the other hand, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says that we're not able to be so precise with regards to the veses, and even if she always sees at the same exact time, her veses is limited to that oina. An oina is a period of 12 hours. Not necessarily 12 exact 60-minute hours, but it means the nighttime or the daytime. According to Rabbi Yehuda, if she always becomes a nidor in the nighttime, so then she would be forbidden to have relations with her husband during that entire night, even if she always sees it only at the end of the night, just before sunrise, which is just before the end of the night. So in that case, Rabbi Yehuda says, Kol hayom shalah, the entire day, the following day after sunrise, is hers, meaning she would be permitted to have relations with her husband for the rest of that day, if she didn't become a nidor when she expected to become one. But that entire night, she would be forbidden to have relations with her husband because all of that is included in her fixed time and her expected time for becoming a nidor. Even if she always sees it only at the end of the night, she needs to be concerned that entire night and she would be forbidden to have relations with her husband for the entire night. And if she became a nidor and she didn't examine herself earlier on, 
It could be that she also needs to be concerned that she was Tomei from earlier on, and if she touched sanctified foods like Truma that night, as if she didn't check herself whether she was a Nidor or not, then she might need to be concerned that indeed she was Tomei, and that she caused the Truma, or whatever it may be, to become Tomei. Mr. Yud, this Mr. continues to talk about a Vesses in terms of a fixed date on which a woman becomes a Nidor. If a woman established a Vesses, she had a habit of seeing blood. Again, when we talk about seeing blood, that means that she becomes a Nidor. Blood exits her uterus, her womb, on the 15th day of the month. And this occurred at least three times consecutively. So her vessus was established to be on the 15th day of the month. And then one month, the Shinsolius Royalium Esrim, she changed literally. There was a irregularity in that she became a Nidor on the 20th day of the month instead of the 15th. The next month, Zevoze Asurin, both on the 15th day and the 20th day of the month, she would be forbidden to have relations with her husband. On the 15th day, because that is the day of her Vesses, that's the fixed time of each month that she becomes a Nidor. So she needs to be concerned that on that day she will become a Nidor. And so she's forbidden to have relations with her husband on the 15th. And the reason why she's forbidden to have relations on the 20th day of the month is because the fact that that is what occurred the previous month is also a reason to be concerned that her nature, her habit has changed and that she now experiences becoming a Nidor on the 20th day of the month. If this irregularity occurred three times, that she became a Nidor on the 20th day of the month, that is to say three times consecutively, on three consecutive months, one after the other, then her Vesses has changed. The 15th day of each month now becomes permitted, she would be allowed to have relations with her husband, and she has now fixed the 20th day of the month as being her fixed Vesses. As the Mishnah explains, A woman does not fix a Vesses, a fixed expected time for her to become a Nidor, until it occurs three times. And likewise, She doesn't become pure, she doesn't escape from the previously established Vesses, Until it is uprooted from her three times, and that is why only after three consecutive months of not becoming a Nidor on the 15th day is she then permitted on the 15th day of the next month to have relations with her husband, since she is no longer expected to become a Nidor on the 15th day.